Hey, everybody, welcome to Danny's Diary, a podcast powered by Singing News Magazine. My guest today is Michael Booth, and we caught Michael at the grocery store. We are watching <laughs> Michael Booth in action. And uh, Michael, how are things going for you these days? Oh, you know what? I'm just trying to be a blessing to Vicki uh, because she's getting all this extra time with me, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the sense that she's overwhelmingly happy about it. Maybe, kind of depends on how you view it. You know. Hey, I've known you now for at least twenty, twenty-five years. I met you and Vicky not long after you married, so I know Vicky. She's ready for you to leave the house, isn't she? Well, I kind of got a feeling uh, when I walked out. It had been about three or four weeks, and I walked out, and my suitcase was out there with the bus key sitting on top of it. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, that's how sweet of her to go ahead and how optimistic I thought of her to go ahead and pack my bags in case we could leave. <laughs> right. He's always been very thoughtful that way. Yeah, that was my interpretation. <laughs> okay. Well, now that we've got through all of that bit of fiction, let's let's talk about uh, uh, let's talk about some of the brighter, funnier things that have taken place in the last few weeks. And uh, of course, we all know gospel music, just like the rest of the world, is in the middle of a of a pandemic, and it has turned everyone upside down. But even the Booth brothers have found a way to <laughs> take a, a situation and find some laughter in that. For example, one of the running jokes in gospel music right now is, well, the good thing about this is the bus hasn't broken down in six weeks. Oh. Booth brothers can't <laughs> say that. Oh, so contraire. <laughs> why don't you just go ahead and share that story with everyone right now? Well, ladies and gentlemen, here's the thing about a, a tour bus, engines of that size, they don't do well when they don't run. The belts and the hoses, uh, all the clamps and everything, can, they can get loose when they sit for long periods of time. And so therefore, the thing to do is to run them or at least, uh, you know, drive them down the road or at least run the engine on high idle. So the RP, RPMs are high and the compression, all that stuff. And it just keeps everything functioning well. So there are two or three of us that do such a task from time to time. <laughs> and, and one person whom I'll not mention, when they turned the key off, they turned it too far to the left, therefore keeping the electricity on, if you will. And it, and it, ran, the, <laughs> it ran the battery dry. So the bus is broke down, sitting in the same spot it's been in for however many weeks now. And we're going to have to hire a big truck to come out here with a big enough battery and jump it for us. <laughs> so we, we, that way, that way we can start it back up and let it sit where it's been sitting. <laughs> and so my next episode of Danny's diary will be something along the lines of maintaining your bus, the Booth brothers way. Uh, yeah. You don't want to, things you should not do. Yeah. <laughs> so what what has occupied your time during the past few weeks about you know as a group i know the booth brothers uh really you guys never have any downtime if you're not on the road you're in the studio doing something uh you know mm -hmm. ronnie has several interests that he's involved in paul lancaster has as many things that he's involved in so bring us up to speed on what uh, has occupied your time lately 
Well, the first couple of weeks, to be honest, it was kind of a mental, mental thing that uh, I felt like you could give yourself permission to actually take a break because there's nothing we could do about rescheduling the concerts and, and what have you. And at that time, we actually didn't have any recording sessions going on. Uh, so I, it was nice, Danny, actually for a few days to feel like you could literally give yourself permission to to relax. And, and I did that. I kind of vegged around for a few days, but that only lasts so long, you know, and, and then you're, you start kind of going a little crazy. So I, you know, did some honeydew stuff around the house, probably not as much as I think I did, but what it felt like I did, I, I thought I accomplished a lot. <laughs> and then, you know, as we saw this thing dragging out and the little bit of uncertainty of what the future is going to be, which we can talk about that, we started formulating a plan to and I can't say a whole lot right now I'm really sorry but we're trying to develop a platform that we can stay in contact with people more often and give you can't replace the live performance uh, you can't replace that and and we don't need to because that's eventually going to come back but in the meantime and even after we want to be able to to stay in touch with people and give them uh, become more of a part of their lives put it that way and I think it'll be a win-win for them and for us. Well, you know, Southern gospel music is, has been built around the live performance for so yeah. long. And, and there's no, even the best video production, best audio production that we can manufacture through computers and things of that nature only goes so far. And there's just something important about that live element that you can't replace, even though, as you and I have said many times, we are looking at the early days of a new normal. Mm. The problem yeah. is none of us know what the new normal is really going to be. So when you look ahead for the next few weeks, next few months, is there in your mind a timetable when there is a possibility live events on whatever scale they may be, you know, very small or, or, or typical. What's in the back of your mind as far as those days opening up? Well, I think you asked the question the right way and qualifying it, qualifying it by saying at what level it may be. I will say this, and, and I don't want anybody to take this. This is not a, a negative connotation. It's just things are different and things are going to be different. It's like post 9-11 some things never return to be the same but listen through the christian's view all things work together for good for those who love the lord and call okay so we're we're his children god doesn't say oops and he takes difficult situations and he does not waste them he, he turns them for good all things work together for good so i believe i believe god is going to give us wisdom and the ability to take a difficult situation and come out with new and fresh ideas to, to stay attached to people's life, maybe become more attached to their lives to have more influence and more impact uh, for the kingdom. And I think it would be good for the people and I think it would be good for the uh, singers and musicians. Mm -hmm. So I'm very optimistic. When we're going to get together live again, I think that depends on the state. Uh, we all see governors reacting differently. So the state, can, can vary from one to another. And then it will go to the venue itself. How many people are they going to allow? 
into any particular venue, a spacing, if you will. And then it depends on the demographic, how comfortable seniors might feel as to going out. I think eventually everybody's gonna be very comfortable and, and very comfortable to go out. It's just a matter of when. So I'm optimistic that it's gonna be, it may be a, a tortoise thing, it may be slow, but I think we're gonna get right back uh, into a fantastic groove being alive and also uh, via the internet. Given any thought to what might be the very first song you sing when the Booth Brothers return to touring? Ooh, that's a good question. Let me think. Uh, uh, oh, that's a good one. Um, I just don't see you coming back with the typical opening song. I've known you long enough to know yeah. that there's just enough mischievous <laughs> kid in you. That first one will be memorable. Who am I? To, I you know, I, I messed up and thought you were on the spiritual realm of what you thought I might do. I, sh I should have known better. Exactly. You're, you're, <laughs> you know what? You've given me something wonderful to think about. I, I will do that. I, I don't know, but I will do it. And I'll text you and let you know what it's going to be. Okay, well, not only, you, you can't just text me. You have to make sure that someone videos that so that we can share it with everybody that okay. this is what michael booth 10 time tenor of the year yeah of and of the booth brothers all those years you won favorite artist and favorite trio and all that this was the first song he chose to come back yeah. it's, you know what it's i think be a memorable I, moment i think i've got it okay because you know nobody's been able to go get a haircut <laughs> what <laughs> Now, wait a minute. Let's not talk about hair. Okay. Look, look very carefully where I'm pointing. Look who. I know, I know, right? Okay. Yeah. This is my what program. If, Be careful. What if we open with if your hair's too long, there's sin in your heart? <laughs> oh, that blessed me. I like that. And that's why we're friends. <laughs> All right, so that may not have been the smartest question I've ever asked. You. So, so we'll leave that one alone. Uh, and you know what I'll do? I'll call Ronnie and I'll get him to pick us up. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, I got to ask this question. The very first place when all of the restrictions are lifted and you can walk out of your home, get in your car, and you can go anywhere you want to, do anything you want to, what's the very first thing you're going to do? I'm going to go in Columbia, Tennessee, where I live. I'm going to go to DB's Pizza Parlor. <laughs> okay. Danny, it's, I'm telling you, next time you're close, I know you go to Nashville sometimes. You're about 50 miles away from where I live, from where the office is for the singing news. It'll be worth it. You come down, I'll take you to DB's, and I'll pay for my half, and it's going to be fantastic. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're willing to pay for half yeah. of it. You know, <laughs> it doesn't go that way. It's you, <laughs> all me. Have you counted how many times I forgot my wallet when you and I have gone to eat? <laughs> I, the counts have been so many that I'm convinced you don't own a wallet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i quit carrying one oh, really? I, just, I, I do i just carry a few cards and vicky gives me five dollars a week in cash to carry and so i wrap my cards in that five dollar bill and that's what i carry <laughs> or or not <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there are very few times Michael Booth leaves me speechless, but this is one of them. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. All right. Now, all kidding aside, um, this this is this pandemic has really uh, wrecked havoc on a lot of things. And you yeah. and I were talking uh, a few days ago about uh, the people that the fans don't see and how much they've been affected. And I'm talking about people like the booking agents, uh, the yep. concert promoters, the church pastors, uh, it, this Southern gospel music has gotten shut down, but it's more than just the singers and the musicians. Yep. It's a lot of people. Uh, for example, let's use uh, Ed Harper and Becky Simmons, Michael Davis, all those folks who uh, are booking agents. Yeah. They were the ones who caught the brunt of this when everything happened. And, and uh, I know you personally, your long history with Ed Harper, you saw uh, how it affected him personally. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this about all those people. They, they, they were on the front line. That, I can't remember the date, but that Monday morning, I think it was a Monday. Uh, if I'm wrong, just forgive me. But anyway, it, a large percentage of the following 90 days were being canceled and are rescheduled. And Michael and Becky and, and Ed Harper, Jeff Harper, they were the first ones to, to just, it was overwhelming, unprecedented. There is no playbook for how this is gonna work. So they have done an incredible job, very patient, but all of those people are really sharp people. And I'm, I'm grateful for the, for the position they're in, they're handling it very well. And I will say this, Ed, I've been in contact with Ed Harper a lot and he has really, really been bragging on the promoters mm -hmm. in the churches and their tenacity to make sure that these concerts get rescheduled. And let me say this, every time, every time you reschedule one, you just change the promotional budget. So for some of these promoters, it keeps costing them every time it changes. Uh, now I know a lot is done via internet, but even at that, you're you're affecting their time. Your tech, you know, phone the phone calls are endless uh, with with patrons calling them and, and dealing with tickets and such. So I just want to say on behalf of all the groups and all the booking agents to the promoters and churches, my goodness, thank you for your willingness and and I'll use the word again, your tenacity to make sure that this music will have a stage to be performed on as soon as we can get back. Yeah. The, the good thing that, that is beginning to build is once everything returns or opens up a little bit, Southern gospel music artists have the very distinct possibility of having one of the busiest falls and winter travels that yeah. they've ever had. And yeah. I know you were, you were talking about, you looked the other day, if everything materializes in a, uh, say October, November, December, uh, you know, it's one, three months of blur, you know, just going as hard as you can. And that's great. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. So what, what's one thing you've really missed during all this time? Is, you know, is there something about the traveling that you've missed? Uh, I know you've missed uh, talking and, and spending time with the fans, but the, what's something yeah. Michael Booth on a personal level has really missed during this time? I think, I think in my heart of hearts, I miss communicating with an audience. I, I really love, I love singing. I love blending and being in a group, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to say it's my favorite thing, but one thing I do miss is the, the, the uh, 
process of, of communicating with an audience and, and taking, especially with the gospel, mm-hmm. taking an eternal truth that you can, God can use you to speak into someone's heart and you know that that truth, that God's word does not return void and therefore it becomes applicable to someone's life. That is exceptional. Um, that is exceptional. What's the word? Significance. Mm-hmm. And so that is a, that's a big thing when you're used to having that privilege and responsibility and then you're not able to do that as often as you were and especially live uh you know these things are great and i'm grateful for them but there's something beautiful about being in 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 a, in a live audience under under the spirit of god moving and dealing with people and using us there's nothing else like it it, 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 there is a, there's a certain energy, a certain presence, all of that, that you just can't get anywhere but a live performance. So I'm going to go back to my question a few moments ago. What's the first song? You, are you still stuck on the hair song? If your hair's too long, there's sin in your heart. Sing it, Danny. No, that's not today. <laughs> anyway, hey, I do want to commend you, by the way. Uh, yeah. You are showing safe driving practices by keeping your seatbelt on while you have been stationary in the parking lot. I'm very proud of you. Yes. Uh, our fine men and women in blue around here are very effective at keeping the law of not, and it's a good law. I applaud them for it, for making law and holding, but yeah, you're not supposed to do anything with your phone when you're in drive. So I'm parked here. I'm fixing to go into Kroger here or as people in the South call it, Kroger's. We put an S on everything. I'm gonna go into Kroger's and I'm gonna get some uh, sugar-free popsicles, some peanuts and, and stuff like that because, because I'm gaining weight. I, you know, my clothes are cut so tight that I wear on stage. I can tell I'm gaining weight because I'm sitting around more than I've ever sat around before. So I've got to, I got to exercise more and, and back off some of the really good food. Mm-hmm. So. so in other words, you're, you're also saying that you're not as young as you used to be. Oh, Vicki and I were talking about that this morning. It's really painful to get older. <laughs> it, it hurts just in random places. And let me ask you this. What, why? Why? All of a sudden there's hair in your nose. Where'd that come from? And then it's coming out of your ears. Like, I got to shave my ears around the earlobes now. When I shave, I got to go, who saw that coming, right? Well, I didn't see it because, well, now I do because I have glasses. You know, there is no telling what you're going to talk about when you're, when you're talking with Michael Booth. Whoever dreamed that we would be talking about nose hair? On <laughs> I'm just saying, it's the older you get, that you just do different things in life. Yeah. All right, I gotta ask, how, how old are you now? Be honest. I'm well, I'm 48. 48. You're almost 50. Wow. No, I'm 48. No, you're <laughs> almost 50, Michael. Yeah. Well, that's all right. I, you know, we've known each other most of our adult lives. We have. Yeah. We have. And uh, I would like to say that my life has been greatly enriched by that, but I'm not sure that it has. Do you, do you remember the, uh, the first time we met? Do you remember what yes, it was? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. See if you're you, right, because I remember. Yeah, because we were at the National Quartet Convention uh-huh. in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was walking by the Booth Brothers booth. Well, no, That's wait. It. 
wait a minute, I really shouldn't say the Booth Brothers booth. It was more of, uh, I was walking by the Booth Brothers table. Location. <laughs> okay. That's yeah, that's, that's the location. That's right. And uh, you started talking, and almost 30 years later, you've not shut up since. Yeah. Well, if you remember what I said, I was like, hey, man, I, I loved your performance on MASH. <laughs> yeah, <it is>. yeah. <laughs> yep. And that's okay. That's okay. Okay. Oh, okay. That hurt. Right. No, I, I remember you had written an article, and I wish I could remember the article. And I bet we could find it if we backtrack from 1995 Cortec Convention, two or three months, we could find it. But it was some, it honestly, it spoke to me. And I'm a, you talk about aspiring artists, if you want to use that word. Oh, man, was I excited about gospel music being a part of it. I just, it was overwhelming and wonderful. I loved everything about it. And something you wrote spoke to me. And then when I mentioned it, man, you just started talking to me like I was as important as anybody else. And, and again, man, we're in there with stars in our eyes. This place is huge. All every gold city and the Kingsman cathedrals, everybody's there. And when you're the new artist coming in, you know, it can be overwhelming and you can be a little timid, but you just, I think, I think you and I walked down to the food court and kept talking. Right. And I and had so, to pay there too. Yeah. You probably, <laughs> I know I did. I, I'm sure you did. I was broke. <laughs> and that was when the ice cream cones at the National Quartet Convention were not as expensive as they were the last year we were in Louisville. And yeah. you ordered two, by the way, just so Yeah, because I could eat them back then. Well, you took yeah. one back to Ronnie. You were being yeah. nice. <laughs> and, you know, one thing about that, even all these years later, we're both still excited about this music and still yep. and still thrilled to be a part of it, even though we, we both have days when like, okay, there's gotta be something else. But, you know, neither one of us would be happy doing anything other than what we're doing. So now that you're almost 50, <laughs> what, what do you want to do when you retire? When you, when you say, you know what, I'm done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay home now. What is your dream to be doing during retirement? Well, I'm going to qualify this by saying I don't, I don't ever see, you know, I say this now at 48, who knows, you know, almost 50, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're going to make me a t-shirt with that, aren't you? It's already. Um, I don't, I don't ever see not being a part of gospel music, you know, cause you can't, you can't not be something you're, you're made to be, if you will, or equipped to be. Right. So to whatever degree I'm capable of singing and being effective I hope I'm smart enough to where if I can't haul the mail anymore, I won't prove to people that I can't, you know, I, but, but, you know, at the same time, maybe I still love it and maybe this people are still willing to put up with me and, and we both agree that it's acceptable. Uh, so we'll keep singing, but there's two things I want to play. I've always wanted to be a part of a church softball team. Uh, I've never had time, really never had time to do that I would love to do that and I would like to play golf I I haven't I love golf I just haven't done it Danny because as you know we're all gone so much and and I'm just speaking for me in my home because I know some guys play golf and this is not a they 
saying they shouldn't do it. But for me, I couldn't come home and go, hey, honey, I'll be back in six hours. So I couldn't enjoy the game and do that. So at some point, I'd like to be able to play golf and play in a soft, church softball team. Well, we'll check in in a few years and see if you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, before we sign off, anything else Michael Booth wants to say today? No, I just want to – yeah, I just – people, thanks for hanging on. And I'm proud of the body of Christ. I'm proud of the church. I'm proud of gospel music. I'm privileged to be in a, in a <clears throat> textbook thread, if you will, of basically all the managers in gospel music. And talking Karen Peck and, and Ernie Haas and, and Mark Trammell, Scott Fowler, all these guys. Most every manager's in there. And I, you, let me just tell you guys, you would be so proud of how encouraging everybody is to one another, how optimistic and secure they are in God's sovereignty and God's provision. Um, how when someone gets good news and they share it on that thread, it's beautiful to watch the response from all the other managers cheering on and being happy uh, for that particular group. If they, you know, for example, there have been some really kind people that have written checks to some groups and, and, and given them some help and, and, and things like that we all share with each other. And it's the sweet part is how everybody's happy for the other person and then therefore also being encouraging when someone says hey i got a burden and it's this it's so it's a brotherhood it's it's a it's a family and i'll wrap it up by saying this when you people have been sitting on the stage and singing seeing us sing together i'm sure some of you have wondered are they getting along as good as it looks like yes we certainly were at the time and I can just tell you, it's grown a hundredfold since then. So you would be very pleased. And that's the perfect way to leave this episode of Daniel's Diary. Thanks for tuning in. Michael Booth, we appreciate you spending part of your afternoon with us. Uh, continue those safe driving practices. We'll, we'll all appreciate that. And uh, that's it. Have a great day. If your hair's too long, they're sitting in your heart. Oh, boy.